general nerdery. So for us, while we're recording here, this is election week or just the tail end of election week. So with the consideration that this week has been about 6,000 years long, uh, we decided to go into a nice relaxing book. It has a name like Peace Talk. It's We could use peace right now, but it turned out Jim Butcher lied to us. There's <laughs> lots of talking. There's not much peace going down here. <laughs> well, then it does go I mean, to be fair. He was very sarcastic every time he said, it's called Peace Talks. It'll be fine. It's hard to read inflection. <laughs> Anyways, this is General Nerdery, a podcast about liking things. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And with us again is my winter knight, Dickie. Hello. Wait, are you winter or summer? Very- I don't remember. You declared yourself once. Uh, I well, Paul and I were going to put together a uh, uh, summer and or not summer. I'm sorry, a spring and autumn set. So I would say I'm more likely to be a uh, summer. Oh, okay. That's I don't like I don't like to party hard enough to be winter. My summer night. <laughs> uh, we are here today to talk about uh, both Peace Talk and um, Battleground, uh, the two most recent Dresden books. If you have not read those books, stop listening. Like right. After the news. Yeah. Unless you really, really like spoilers. Which I have accidentally spoiled myself on, which is good, because I still have like 100 pages left of the final book to go on here. Just (laughs) all cards on the table. I did not get as much done this week as I wanted to. Well, realistically, the last time we talked Dresden, we tried to give everybody a good jump in point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This 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 isn't a jump in point. This is... Nope. Things came out this year. Things came out this year, and we have to fucking talk. <laughs> but before we get yeah. that, what have we been ingesting? Uh, I I can start because it hasn't been a whole lot. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a short. <laughs> because it was mostly election news all week. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. The biggest break. Okay, I guess it wasn't mostly election news all week. Uh, somehow, I'm still not entirely sure where I found the time to do this. But in order to balance out all the anxiety from election news, I completely re-binged the entire good place. Damn. Okay, so I'm not the only wow. one binging sitcoms here. I feel a little better now. Yep. And it worked. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dickie, what about you? Well, so uh, we picked up a free uh, week trial of Hulu, and we watched all of Rick and Morty season four. Uh, two days ago and yesterday, we finished it up. Um, what else? Oh, we have decided to not watch The Mandalorian until it's all out. Oh, I, Call would, me not, crazy. I would not be able to do that. It's a fight to make uh, sure it, CC doesn't watch it while I'm at work. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's rough because I frequently uh, rotate through what I like to call the apps, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Oh, yeah, you're so Anytime I see the words The Mandalorian, I'm like, no, I'm abandoned shit. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we will uh, not but, talk about episode two today, then. <laughs> oh, such a strong person. I could not do that. No. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was easy with season one because I hadn't seen it yet. And, uh, you know, like, I was still talking to people, so somehow I didn't hear about how good it was. But I knew I wanted to watch it, and then finally the last episode aired, and I was like, all right, let's watch that first episode <laughs> and just... Three days later, we were done with the entire season. Someone so I'm very excited for this one. And they were like, hey, I hear that you and Cece have really been enjoying it. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and apparently what she meant was the new season of The Mandalorian. 
But, <laughs> you know, a, a year ago, somebody could come up to you, any of us and say that and be like, oh, yeah, I did enjoy that last episode of Game of Thrones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have like this ubiquitous. Everybody loves this show anymore, though. Yeah, but Mandalorian's never, probably going to take up that slot. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I still would have been like, I still don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, and apparently following the tradition of everyone this week, just binging a half hour comedy, I watched uh, about two seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the course of the week. One of them in a day. I just like woke up and was like, I'm not doing anything today. Turn it on. Brooklyn and then I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for me to go to bed now. That was, that was like 23 episodes today. I did yeah. other You're stuff, like, just... but like... <laughs> But overall that, there was Jake Peralta. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. There was Jake Peralta, Terry Jeffords. I wanted to call him Terry Cruz yeah. because it's Terry Cruz. Because, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, no. There is one more uh, very large nerd thing that I want to put in there that I've been doing. Yeah. I've been listening to the audiobooks for A Wheel of Time. Oh, that's pretty nerdy. Yes. So I, I've read the series before, and it's actually what turned me on to Brandon Sanderson. And now I'm a huge Sanderson fan. But right, I decided he I wanted ones, to. He? Yes, he finished the series. He wrapped it up in three books. They were all very good. Never did yeah. go around to the wheel of time. No, uh, my work wife has been yelling at me to read it for years, and I'm like, "Whoops, read this other fantasy series by mistake." Um, <laughs> oh. It's, it's oh. what we call a commitment. The it's, thing to realize about it is that um, Robert Jordan, who you know wrote most of it, he he started it off because he wanted to tell his own version of the hero's journey, specifically Tolkien style, mm -hmm. like with the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, and it evolves from that, but yeah, you read that first book and you're like, especially maybe the first half, first third, maybe you're like, wow, this feels a lot like the beginning of the, um, sorry, not the wheel of time, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially like they start off in a sleepy little, uh, back of the woods place that nobody ever goes to. Tolkien has a lot to answer for when it comes to fantasy tropes. Because now that I think mm -hmm. about it, pretty much every fantasy written, particularly if it was written in the 80s, which is where a lot of our oh, fantasy yeah. was started, then oh, yeah. you're fucking right. It starts in a sleepy little middle-of-nowhere town. And you know what actually yeah. happens in sleepy little no middle-of-nowhere towns? Racism? A lot of racism <laughs> and alcohol drinking. I, I came from one of those towns. I mean, Just maybe not in the fantasy basically the realm. beginning of the Dragonlance Chronicle. You know, um, Robert Jordan made a really interesting choice with the Wheel of Time that I, I very much appreciate, and I didn't pick up on until I was watching a uh, um, a fantasy critic uh, who has a YouTube channel. Dan, Daniel Green is his name. It's great. Check it out. That uh, he was talking about how Robert Jordan he made the conscious choice to not have fantasy racism, right, where you've got orcs hate elves and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. But he decided to have the um, the biases and bigotry be based on nationalism, which is pretty cool. Also a little relevant at the moment. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little <laughs> close to home, yeah. Uh, oh, CC also got me hooked on um, Among Us. Oh, the, you know, yeah, everyone is I've, I've still game, never, I've still game, never yeah, played it. I just see the memes all over the place. You know? Yeah, I, the let's lie to our friends and make everybody feel really anxious. That's how I feel about it, at least. Um, it I looks am, cool, but I don't think I could play it. I am not a devotee to the game. Like, I know people who are playing, I mean, including CC, who are playing together, like, every night. And I will join in sometimes and I have fun with it like I I mean it seems fine but at the same time whenever I I think about what goes into that game I kind of think about the fact that I'd just rather watch John Carpenter's The Thing <laughs> fair fair 
I do recommend trying it, but yeah. Yeah. do we have any news <clears throat> today? I got a little bit of news today. Uh, not not I a ask, whole like, lot. This is a surprising new thing. Yeah, no, no, it's due to the election. There wasn't much news because I think no one every, wanted to compete. Yeah, nobody wanted to compete. So there's like a couple little things, and eh. uh, the biggest thing from the week is fucking rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I didn't actually know there was a Jeopardy before Trebek until I was suddenly like, who's going to, what's going to happen to Jeopardy now? Mm. I mean, someone probably Drew Carey somehow is going to replace it. Uh, I think they've already been talking about Ken Jennings. That would make sense. Oh, okay. To, to carry on. But um, I think Alex was recording up until damn near his death so i think his like, final episode's not out yet yeah I, saw, I think his final episode's going to be like christmas week so yeah okay um and then we'll probably get the rise of ken jennings but man that's a bummer because i like that was one of my primary ways to go get random facts when i was a kid is just fucking mm, watch, watch jeopardy. jeopardy uh it's one of those, I don't want to sound heartless, when someone dies at 80, I'm like, you know, that's sad, but that also tracks. Like It pans out. Yeah. It pans you. out, although in this case, it's also like, fuck you, cancer. Yes, there's hardcore yeah, fuck right. you. He had pancreatic cancer, was that it? Yeah. yeah, that's a nasty one, too, from what I understand. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, which, yeah, which doesn't say I'm not like sad about it, but when someone's like, they're 40 and they're dying, I'm like, oh my god. When they're... 80. 80. I'm like, okay, that that, that could tracks. just happen in your sleep at that point. <laughs> like, which I guess is the like mm-hmm. douchey way of saying, at least he had a really long, successful life with an impressive career. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And uh, not any scandals I can think about. Oh, everyone likes Alex Trebek, which is funny because you can never quite tell if Alex Trebek likes the fucking like people on the show right? by the end of it. Like, Oh. Was Alex Trebek the one who would say to um, always spay and neuter your pets? No, that was uh, uh, Bob something that else. Was, Price uh, of Rape. Yeah. yeah, that was Bob Barker. Bob Barker. God. Okay, Bob Barker. Yeah, that was Bob Barker. Never mind. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is one other decent piece of news, I feel. Yeah? Um, Johnny Depp was asked to step away from his roles in uh, Fantastic Beasts and oh, what was the other one? Oh, I didn't know oh, there was geez, another one. How are you reading my notes from across the telephone? Because that's actually the next thing I was yeah, about to like bring a, up anyway. Oh, very away. good, very good. <laughs> Let's, oh, God, there's another role, and I'm completely blanking it right now. Take it away, Tyler. <laughs> well, uh, I think the biggest one is Fantastic Beasts. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing anything else actually being listed that he stepped away from. Uh, oh, I thought. Oh, you know what? I thought it was Jack Sparrow. I thought they weren't going to do anything with Jack Sparrow anymore. They had already the decided stuff. that. I yeah, think. they have two oh, okay. different okay. pirate spinoffs in the works right now. One sounds gotcha. like a spinoff, they... and another one sounds like a reboot, and it sounds like they're going to do them both at the same time. Okay. <laughs> yes. I. That that that's all because of the the allegations regarding his ex wife. Yes, his ex wife Amber Heard, uh, and there are allegations against her, and I. The internet is super divided on this one, and from what I can tell, I'm just really glad that relationship is over, and I don't... I know, I kind of wanted to bring it up just uh, almost to warn people, if if you're not the, the kind of person that is on Reddit all the time, but you're on other social media, 
all the memes mm-hmm. should be getting to you by the time this episode comes out. Because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of really toxic shit coming out of this one from a lot of the Johnny stands. There seems to be a really, a really prevalent idea uh, amongst some of the stands online that uh, if one person does bad, then the other person is automatically really good. And because she was also shitty to him, that means he's a good guy. From what I can <laughs> tell, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. We are just covering this, you know, I'm, it kind of sounded like they were shitty to each other. And I'm just yeah. glad it's done. I'm not. That one I'm very willing to believe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I got from it. Basically, uh, he he was trying to, to sue for libel. And he lost because someone lost. Uh, the son, I think, called him a wife beater. Right, right. Basically, his defense was like, well, wife beater makes it sound like this is something I do all the time. Oh, that's a terrible defense. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. It, I mean, it, it was, was more complicated well, than that. Yes, but, but that's what it basically. It boiled down to like, that makes it sound like that's something I am all the time. This is only the one case where I was pushed to it. And the court was <laughs> like, doesn't matter whether you were pushed to it. Doesn't matter how shitty you were. It's a factual statement that you're a wife beater because it did happen this time. God, that, yeah. And that's why I kind of am like, yeah, I'm just washing my hands of this entire goddamn thing. I, mm. Now, it sounds like the physical abuse also went both ways from what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, have not, I have not dug very deeply into this, but apparently there is a uh, recording of her hitting him and saying, no one will believe you. And that was like, oh, goodness. Oh, that's bad. Mm. Like, none of what's happening here is good on either side. Yep, that's where I land. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so if, if anybody wants to look up that recording and, and hear for themselves, just be warned. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> Trigger warning, most likely. <laughs> Maybe just don't. Maybe just believe that it exists. I don't think we need to yeah. listen to it. Um yeah, I don't really have comment on that. Just like, oh, okay. I am surprised on Fantastic Beasts because uh, they had went to bat for him pretty hard when he got hired on for the second one, which I never saw. Mm-hmm. It was good. He did a great job. And I have very complicated feelings about J.K. Rowling, so I don't know when or if I'm going to see the third one. Or and I just right now I'm kind of avoiding Harry Potter stuff. Like, that, I think that's yeah, the a, lot weird- of, a lot of people in our age group have that. <laughs> I think that's the thing that feels weird about this situation to me is them asking him to step away, but she's still co-writing. She has a lot I more mean, ownership rights. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's very likely. At this point, I'm just like, I'm not invested enough in the Fantastic Beast part of the franchise anyway that I'm like, do we need number three to happen? But we have two copies of all seven books at my house because both CT and I have them and neither one really wants to get rid of our copies. Uh mm-hmm. They've, I've got most of the Harry Potter I need at this point. Um, this does leave a very natural opening for Colin Farrell to come back in, which I would very much welcome myself. I was but... really mad when I found out it was Johnny oh, Depp yeah. over Colin Farrell because Colin Farrell had been kicking ass that entire movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so just... and as far as I know, he doesn't suck that bad. I don't know. I am, uh, I should not say that. Uh, he does have a sex tape. Fucking who doesn't at this point? <laughs> Celebrity wise. I was about to say me, but there you go. <laughs> Celebrity wise, eh, most of them. <laughs> Otherwise, from news, moving on from that, uh, Green Knight has gotten its rating. 
That's the Oh, what is it? It's a Italian or it's not It's the it's the new A24. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember where it's coming out because it's not an American production, I don't think. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. Sure. I could also be wrong. Anyways, what's its rating? But it got rated R, and it's really fun Ooh. to go look up um, the comments on any of the articles that talk about it receiving its rating because it was rated R for violence, some sexu- some sexuality, and graphic nudity. So everyone is just talking about how Dev Patel's probably going to be just swinging schlong all <laughs> over the place in this movie. All right. Dicks out for King Arthur, everybody. Uh, and there's some speculation as to whether they're just going to try to do the uh, the rainbow of dicks that was started with uh, Watchmen and the blue dick, and now we're going to have the Green Knight's dick, and where it might go from here. That is, I mean, blue and green, <laughs> purple, or I'm sorry, yellow. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and then Orange Red. That is the weirdest movie, or like, not movie, the weirdest King Arthur story to adapt. Mm-hmm. That one is just balls to the wall, and I did not mean to make that pun right there. <laughs> Very mad at myself. Green wieners to the wall. <laughs> um, but I thought I'd bring that up, because we did watch the trailer back when it first yeah, dropped. Yeah, I'm, and it I'm excited really for it. As we a, did. I, I really like King Arthur stuff, so I'm looking forward to it. I actually think we watched that trailer on the episode that I gifted. I also think we talked about Alex Trebek, so just fucking flashbacks here. <laughs> right. Uh, um, let's see, they have announced... Like you guys are professional podcasters. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, they have announced that in spring of 2021, we will get the remastered Mass Effect trilogy, which well, I'm looking whoa. forward to. It to will not come out all. for the Switch, so that's fine. Cool, though. I've heard, I hear they're great. I played the first one all the way through at least 10 times. Shit, son. Played the second one all the way through once. And I've only played 10 minutes of the third one. <laughs> Diminishing so I'm returns. really, really happy that we're getting an HD remastered version. So it might like spur me to finally go back and go through those games mm-hmm. proper. Okay, well, if we're bringing video games into this, I have an exciting one. Yo, okay. Because obviously the, uh, the, the next generation is releasing this week. Oh, that's true. Oh, shit, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah the PlayStation 5 drops on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And... I care literally about no other titles. Eh, I guess the Miles Morales one looks really great. But we are getting a Demon Souls remake, and it looks incredible. Oh, I did Demon hear a Souls, about the, that. Yes, the game that started the like decade of Dark Souls, where everything got compared to Dark Souls. Right. So we're, we're, we're getting a complete remake of it. It's being done, by, or it's been done by Bluepoint. They're the same people that did the Shadow of the Colossus remake Ooh. a couple years back. I do and it looks classes. incredible. Yeah. So that's very exciting. You're like, I guess that Miles For Morales me, game is okay. It looks okay. And I'm like, man, that's the game I'm considering like buying a PS5 for. <laughs> Just yeah, it looks that. incredible. Actually, that game is uh, suffering a little bit of, um, I don't want to use the word like drama or anything or oh, controversy. There we go. I don't want to say controversy, but people are upset that it's about eight hours, like storyline wise. Mm. which I'm okay with that because story driven stuff is great. And not everybody has 40 to 80 hours to kill on a video game. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a lot some of games that have finished. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of us have jobs and podcasts. I still haven't finished uh, the Spider-Man that came out on this generation. <laughs> I do recommend doing that though. I mean, admittedly, yeah, I, I want to, it's I really good. Lent that game and I did nothing else for like two weeks. Like, 
Went to work, thought about Spider-Man. Went home, played Spider-Man. Went to work, thought about Spider-Man. Accidentally called CC Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to talk about that, but we are the classiest today. <laughs> I only really have one other piece of news, and that's there is a, a new DC editor-in-chief. Replacing Dan oh. Didio. I do not know how to pronounce her name, but so we're going to guess here. Uh, Marie Javins? I think it's Javin. So yeah, uh, she she was already uh, the interim uh, co-editor in chief alongside uh, Michelle Wells after the big bloodbath in April in mm-hmm. August when they fired like a quarter of their staff. And then it has really? just been announced today that she will be assuming the role in full by herself alongside the recently hired senior VP and general manager Daniel Cherry the third and Jim Lee as chief creative officer. Which he's been working as publisher. And honestly, chief creative officer is a better choice for Lee. Uh, I like Marie Javins from what I have read about her. She She's worked for comics for most of her life. Like she is a lifelong member of the uh, industry, which as much as the industry needs shaking up, which she seems to be brought on board to partly do, Having someone who clearly cares about the industry at the same time who's shaking it up is a good thing. Because, yeah, one of her last jobs, like one of her big last responsibilities was setting up like short stories and stuff they could hire artists and creators for during COVID. Being like, okay, you guys, like, we we can't pay you for, you know, publishing what we normally publish because nothing's coming out. But here's some short stories. Here's some stuff so you're getting some income coming in. Uh, she's been a big part of DC's push uh, for just uh, graphic novels and young adult novels in general and pushing a diverse cast towards a younger developing audience. Which is a really, really good idea. And we never should have stopped catering to kids, at least somewhere in the comic industry. I And I think she's also been in charge of some of the things that are that have led to like the fact that they're going to be doing some comics digital first and such. She's bringing us into the future. Mm-hmm. I also like it because I'm pretty sure this means that the two highest ranking people in DC or DC comics is uh, a black man and a woman. Mm. And it is such a traditionally white male industry that, you know, having representation in higher levels inside the company is only going to be a good thing for us. Agreed. Indeed. That's about what I got there. That's, uh, uh, I work in a comic shop and I didn't know this was happening. It was announced today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, hours um, ago. yeah, but I, I'm in the comic shop for the games part of the store. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't hear about Jason or Reed talking about this. That's why I keep being like, Hey, hire me. <laughs> there you go that's what we got for news yeah that's uh, all i got let's take a quick break and when we come back we will uh talk about peace grounds and battle talks <laughs> did you do that on purpose yes i did <laughs> i like it so the okay. main thing i took from this is like jumping into these books is that i remember nothing of skin game really that's my favorite dresden book i I remember enjoying it, and I was like, oh, I remember. What's... And anything that happened after Cold Days, I was like, what is going on? And it, I think it's because I've only read that one once, while everything else I've read at least twice. Mm. 
But oh, then wow. I, okay. I was like, okay, so last book, Molly became the winter lady and blah, blah. And they were talking about all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, no. See, I my experience was different in that I realized even though I had read it only two months ago, mm-hmm. I had almost completely forgotten Peace Talks. If you would have asked <laughs> me to describe Peace Talks, I would have started describing Skin Game. And then oh, I went, yeah, and then I re- I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's why I forgot because it's just in between filler until battleground. You know, honestly, so far I've preferred peace game to battleground. I think I'm the only person that said this, but uh... you know, the, the people oh, we're recording now, right? Yes, yeah, recording. we're recording now. Go for okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the the biggest complaint I've heard about peace talks, and I and I get it, is that it's fairly obvious that it's half of a story. Like Peace Talks is a book that is literally just build. There's there's no climax. That book is just building and building and building. Uh, you can argue there's like a, a climactic moment, but it's definitely not the climax of the story. By the time that happens, we're already looking to like, oh my god, what's going to happen in the next book? Right. Ugh. Yeah, because Peace Talks is basically just uh, get Thomas out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which. Yep. We've read that plot like six times now. Um, By the way, Jim Butcher lied to us. Yeah, we already covered this. Yeah, he no, lies this a lot. Is a different lie. Oh, okay. Well, we it's know a, he's a lying liar. So, what's this one? I think it was last year. Um, he revealed the first words, and uh, maybe they were words. I don't think so, actually. Uh, but like the first line in the book, and it was just Justine is pregnant. That didn't happen until like the third page. <laughs> <laughs> well, he oh, way, uh, highly spoilers from this point on, right? Yeah, Everybody no, we're, we already warned. You're fine. Uh, very good, very good. He's already started with a revelation that their main character has a child in the first sentence somewhere before. I think he's like, I, I mean, I can't top changes, so that's true. Right. We didn't actually get to say it out loud last episode because we were avoiding spoilers. Mm-hmm. But that lot, that first sentence from Changes fucking rocked me to my core. I'm like, what is it? The Red Court has our daughter or yeah. something like that. And he's like, what? but what now? Um, uh, it's it's you have a child and the Red Court took her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think one. I did not realize Maggie is as old as she is in this yeah, one. Like, she I is like. 10 or 11, I think. Uh, the amount of time skip between the later books, really from Changes On versus the earlier books, is wide enough that's like, oh, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Maggie with Dresden, I think, was one of my favorite parts of these books because I realized that what I care about is not the big bads other than Gentleman Johnny Marcon. I love Johnny Marcon, but like, New Titan Lady. Great. Boring, Fomar, and eh, even Nicodemus. I'm like, uh, you bring the plot along, and I appreciate that. But what I like is Dresden with Butters or Dresden with Will and Georgia. I wish Georgia got more stuff. Obviously, you enjoy you enjoy Dresden shooting the shit with his buddies, even when it's in dire situations. Yes, exactly. Is what it sounds like. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I like Dresden with Mac. I like those scenes because it's so apparent how much Dresden has grown from the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. That's also super yeah. true. Um, especially like the last, I mean, since he died, basically it's been like a giant, awesome period of growth for him and you get to see it. And Jim's been pretty good about writing it. I feel like, like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it feels, 
it feels good. As his kid got older, he was suddenly writing a lot more about Dresden, like, I've got a kid and I'm growing up now, and I feel like those definitely correlate. I also like, especially once you get into, like, the battleground side of things, that we're pushing towards uh, Dresden fighting the foes that I really want to see him fight, because uh, at this point I'm totally down to say fuck the White Council. Oh, yes. Yeah, the only one, I mean, I like... Like Listens to Wind. Yep, Listens to Wind, and I like Ebenezer, but in the same way that I'm like, Ebenezer, you're wrong a lot, but... Mm -hmm. I like Rashid. Okay. Uh, I like the squad, as I like to call them. Yeah. Which is, which is the young wardens. Uh, mm -hmm. Ramirez, Ramirez, Wild Bill. And Wild Bill. Mm -hmm. Yes. I am, uh, Chandler a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. I am real curious for the future book where they deal with the Black Court fucking over the squad here. Yeah. Partly That'll because be good. I want I mean, more Ramirez. We're, we're probably going to have two Black Court vampire former wardens, which is pretty exciting. Uh, where... Where did Ramirez get injured? Oh, he, okay. Remember so, that short story anthology I called you, I told you about? Yes, the the uh, briefcase is the most recent one. Yes. Oh, okay. In, I in one of those one stories. Yet, so, uh, basically, him and Molly start to bone down, and Molly, being the winter lady who was supposed to remain a maid, uh, the mantle took over and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> oh no! Like, yeah, yeah. So that's. So that ex yeah, you you missed a lot not reading those. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pick those up. I just they got lost in the so so I didn't all those, I didn't know that flinching. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I I didn't know that going into peace talks the first time because I hadn't read briefcases. I still haven't read briefcases, but I went and spoiled myself on that story before this latest reread, mm -hmm. and it makes okay. a lot of those scenes with Carlos make a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah, all those times when Molly gets mentioned. Or Carlos sees Molly and he flinches or glares. That's what all that is. It's okay, because that I, I didn't that, notice that, but now that you're like, oh, Carlos was acting weird. Yeah, there's like multiple books worth of sexual tension finally boiled over, and Carlos got crippled. <laughs> and him now also being even more distrustful of Winter Court shit. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. that explains a lot. Um, so, so Ramirez has a first. First row seat of what the uh, what winter mantles can do to a person that is normally a trusting, loving. You could pin everything on them, and they would be there to take care of you. He he had that in Molly, and then he experienced essentially a betrayal from her. Okay, Jesus, that so it, it informs a lot there. of Ramirez's actions in in the these two books. That helps. I was very annoyed with Ramirez in this book, although also Dresden. Learn to have a fucking conversation sometimes. Like, I get their secrets, yeah. but they're like, he's like all super offended that they like revealed that he had sex. And I'm like, okay, I get that. That's a violation. But you're also mm -hmm. hanging out with Succubi. Like, this is, mm -hmm. it's a very personal question. They should have told you what they were going to do first. But it is not unreasonable of them to ask you. And yeah. you could have, even while being offended, been like, my girlfriend Murphy, you piece of shit. And they would have been like, yeah, okay. Yes, I, I I do think I oh God I love Butcher's work. I think he stretched the distrust that Harry experience or feels at least a little bit for people of the White Council. Because if there was anybody in the White Council besides Ebenezer that we could count on to keep a secret for Harry, it would be Ramirez. Ramirez. 
Well, and you could have relieved, uh, like, distrust of Ramirez as well, still not revealing that Thomas is your brother. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Obviously, I've not been boning the White Council as opposed to, like, not White Council, the White Court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're still going to be suspicious of why I'm hanging out with them. But, yeah. I I do feel like by the end of that scene, like, Butcher writes it in. Like, Harry realizes he needs to talk to Carlos about all this. But mm-hmm. right now is not the time. And he kind of needs... He needs them to realize, like, there's, like, five things happening all on top of each other right now. Okay, so I have... I mean, I, I'm with Dickie. I am a big fan of Butcher's writing. But... I think it's important to critique the things that you like. I am real tired of a couple of the tropes that are coming up. And this is the first one of just, it's always now is not the time. And then it gets worse. Fucking make the time. Be like, all right, we're going to have a walk and talk. Haven't been fucking Laura Wraith. We good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there, there are things he could do that he's just too bullheaded to do and uh because we've seen so much growth in other places now when he's still doing that it feels like come on harry like yeah the fact that by the end of battleground so two books of this or one if you're one book if you you know brandon sanderson that's mm-hmm. one thing that i thought was crazy sanderson books are like the length of those two books together oh um, tyler found out why but finish your thought first we'll talk about that after oh okay cool it's i'm surprised that by the end of battleground Harry still wasn't like, all right, Ramirez, here we go. Here's here's a tidbit of information that will make you go, okay, that makes sense. Unfortunately, you're still out of the White Council. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, the, the book split thing, from what I understand, is that Penguin Publishing doesn't actually have the capability of publishing a book that large anymore. Oh, okay. Because of the state of fucking printed anything yeah these most days. things are coming out on the fucking kindle sure. anyways for most of their sales and uh so sure. in order to put out the because i mean giant books get printed all the fucking time like mm-hmm. we fucking mm-hmm. read game of thrones and shit right like <laughs> those books are gigantic yeah. but penguin publishing doesn't have the ability to do that anymore in order to put the book together with as big as it got they would have had to like farm basically farm out some of the process and it would have ended up sure. being a $50 hardback. Oh, uh, okay. Just to recoup costs. And they were like, that sucks. Like, And so instead it was like, well, suck. like people already know, like people are kind of already, if you're this far into the series, you probably know that I'm already planning on 22 plus three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was 20 plus three, but yeah, either way. At, at this point, I think he said that some of the events that he's planned are technically two books behind because of how the story's gotten away from him a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Ah. So 22 plus 3, so if we just split it and then make it two way more easily manageable chunks, because it's a lot easier for people to generally scrounge up $30 for a book than $50. Yeah. As someone who routinely spends Mm -hmm. too much money on books, like, oh, $50, then I'll spend $70 buying three cheaper books, but... uh, (laughs) Back, uh, um, but oh, I, go ahead. I I want to talk about the most important moment in this in, in Battlegrounds or in these two books. I would say I'm pretty sure we were about to bring up the same thing. So perfect, go ahead. Okay, so it relates to after Harry got told he wasn't at the White Council anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm going to talk about something else. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not what I was um, expecting. Mike, Michael swearing. I know. Michael Carpenter cursed. 
like a sailor for, for minutes. minutes. <laughs> <sighs> That's so in good. multiple languages. <laughs> well, he would know him by this point. I mean, he served as a knight of the I, cross for I twenty know. years, <laughs> um, and, and he served in the military before that. Yeah, he's heard a curse or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's that's one of the most important takeaways from. Yeah, because fuck the White that, Council. <laughs> I I needed that after reading Battlegrounds. I I needed that laugh that that gave me. Yeah. That is something he's pretty good at, of finding the balance of, like, let's make you laugh a few times at the end of this book. So everything terrible is, like, a little better. Mm. And I, as I said, that's the kind of stuff it, I like best. But on the thing that I was going to bring up is we're going to talk about the very obvious here of No Way We Couldn't. He fucking killed Murphy. Uh, and my first thing on this is it's the other complaint I have on this is I am very, very done with Jim Butcher fridging a woman or like hurting a woman to punish Harry Dresden or to like bring out character in Harry Dresden. See, and now I would agree with you with earlier in the series, Murphy's death didn't feel like that to me. It felt super fucking cheap to me to have it be fucking Rudolph. For, for me, especially with everything that was going on at this point in the series, uh, especially Murphy's death and Murphy's death kind of reminded me, this is a weird analogy, of the original ending of Clerks, where you have an entire movie with somebody saying, you're not, I'm not supposed to be here today, and then got killed. Every other page, they were telling her, you're too hurt for this, you're too human no, for I'm this. No, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, I just... And then it wasn't done, like, normally fridging is done in a way where it causes the character to get back on track. Her death almost completely derails him in this. Mm-hmm. It might, I... To me, it felt more like John Constantine's friends rather than Matt Murdock's girlfriends. Ugh, yeah, ugh. Or never date Matt Murdock. Never yeah. date Daredevil. Yeah. Um, I get it. And a part of it is Karen <clears throat> was my favorite part of these books, all told, I think. I really liked uh, the Karen Murphy relationship. But I just, like, I we, was going... Go ahead. She's been in every book. She's been in every book. She's the first other character. Like, I get why it was such a big, like, killing her ups the scale in a way that nothing. I can't imagine what these books are going to be like without Karen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one, it just felt like such a bullshit ending for making this strong character. And then just, bam, done. And okay. two, ooh, I, go ahead. Uh, you're making multiple points. Finish your points. And, uh, all, and then just in. two, I was going over the list and I'm like, okay, uh, Kim Delaney, Susan Rodriguez, uh, Molly gets punished. Captain Yoshino gets screwed over and has some consent issues. Uh, even Maggie has bad things happen because of Harry or because things Harry did. And like, I, I just keep feeling like Punisher or not Punisher. Uh, Butcher keeps punishing women for th- uh, to do things to Harry or because of things Harry does. And I think at this point it has become a lazy plot point, but I mean, it's also a legitimate choice. So that, that is just my personal thing. Okay. So I, I think I've got two pretty big thoughts on this. Okay. Um, the, the first one is that Murphy's death is important to a theme of this book. Because by the end of this book, I, I felt like there was one big theme that was dropped on it. And it's that we're kind of going back to the beginning with Harry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he's, he's on the outs with the council now. They don't like him. Like, they very specifically don't like Harry anymore. Uh, Harry is back to living on the same street. He's in a castle now, like a Merlin enchanted castle, but he's living in his old home. He's got his lab back. He's a loner again, basically. And the only people that he's able to turn to are non-mortals and non-wizards because at the beginning of the book, or not the book, at the beginning of the series, the people we saw him turning to for help was literally summoning demons. Uh, Toot Toot was one of the first people we saw him summon to like get aid from. God, Toot Toot made me so happy in this entire... Oh my God. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> he was great. He was great. Oh, what else? Um, he's very much not an ally of Gentleman John Marcone. On the way up through the last few books, it's been rocky a couple times, but it's felt like they've largely been on the same side. Not anymore. They were 100% not on the same side. Which I'm real into, as <laughs> as I said, Gentleman Johnny Marcone has been my favorite villain by far. He's mm-hmm. way more interesting. Uh, he has Bob back. In a lot of ways, uh, Harry's, oh, Harry's biggest ally is, is a Knight of the Cross. Mm-hmm. His, his, at least his local biggest ally. And here's the number one big thing. He doesn't have an ally with a connection to the police in any way anymore. That was Murphy. Even when she was out of the forest and got pushed out of it, uh, she still was able to like call a couple people, try to get some information when need be. Yeah. Um, and, and he's alone. I am really excited for this kind of reset because for the last couple books, it's been Harry kind of trying to play catch up as everything's going on and he's not getting to really play to his big strengths of, you know, the mm-hmm. actual like enchanting yeah. of items and stuff that was so cool in the earlier books. Also, they went back to potions. He hasn't made a potion in like 10, 15 books. And I love potions in the Dresden verse. So it's super I was really interesting that cool. they came back. I definitely agree with you yeah. on that. I just mostly I am. It's not a deal breaker. It's just a pattern that I had noticed. For me, the Karen sure. one is always is different as well, though, because it was never it could always it always had a chance of ending happy, but it wasn't ever going to be the ending you liked because she's vanilla mortal. And he's going to live 200 years past her. Yeah. I I am also I kind super of, aware that I wanted a happy ending I for kind them. of like, wrote her off as being a realistic option like three or four books ago, I think. I just, for because she's been around, the only person that's been around since the very beginning, and she was the, like, real ally touchstone to the mortal world, that one of the only ones that Harry had left. And I get that that's on purpose. Taking away that his last real connection other than his daughter, who might end up being a wizard herself... Uh, from mm-hmm. the mortal world is a very interesting character choice. I just am mad about it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the biggest takeaway from it is that is Harry is, despite his very powerful allies, because he has those, um, emotionally speaking, Harry's alone again. Yeah. Which is, which is like for him, he probably feels that way, which is really scary. So I'm in like, he, he, he <laughs> I'm admittedly not entirely done with the book. I accidentally spoiled myself. It's okay. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I've got like a hundred pages left, maybe. Does Maggie go wow. live with him in the the castle? In the castle? Probably. They, yeah. There's there's like one scene that happens in the castle. Okay. Yeah. So he's still going to have that connection. To humanity, I guess. Yep. But as I said, like, it's hard to, uh, which is good because we need something happy happening with Dresden. I do not mm-hmm. want another fucking beginning of summer night where he has completely devolved from humanity. 
Well, I I feel it's not exactly humanity at like plain vanilla level, mm-hmm. but by the end of Battlegrounds, you get at least I get the really good feeling that he's probably going to be working a lot more heavily with like the Paranetters going yes, forward. Yes, I do know that that's going forward, and I really like that idea of him like, here's the shit we've built. Let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. I think him and Elaine are going to build that to a point where they become an, an accorded nation. That would be yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, do you think I, think, I think that's a thing. Do you think he's going to have a fling with Elaine or anything like that? I mean, potentially. Uh, she, she's a long distance off. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we get a like standalone novel with Elaine doing her thing. Oh, she's okay. having wizard detective adventures. Um, I, I do fucking miss the wizard detective part. Like, we've got a lot of wizard. We haven't had shit for detective for a while now, for the most part. Justin Falls has very much evolved from like a noir fantasy, like a high magic thing into like a high fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a bit of a bummer. Like we know that he's, uh, you know, Harry's deal is that he's a big punchy slappy wizard. He's good at evocation. But if you go back to his first, like four or five books, um, he actually was like, I'm very good at finding things and I can throw a punch when I need to. It's yeah, he's best. like, I've got the power, but I don't have the control. And as he's been learning the control, yeah. um, it's been coming on. He It kind of has the pacing, I realize this, of like a shonen manga of like Naruto of like. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've got, you know, I've mm-hmm. got power, but no control. And then like, oop, I got powered up to this next thing. And then, oop, I got powered up to this next thing. Yeah. And then like, you I, know, in Skim Game, he felt like one of the biggest powers in the magical universe at that point. And then you get to these mm-hmm. ones and he's like, man, I suck. Like. Yeah, he's a. I really enjoy it when he does ritual magic, where he actually has to like cleanse his mind and like make a circle. And like in the earlier books, that was the thing he was really good at, and he still like whips it out every now and then, which is always very exciting. But oh man, I uh, I do miss the the more detective noir stuff. Well, and the items and the so we'll hopefully get more of that. Yeah. And he's got his lab back, so we might actually get to see him do some lab work again. He's got Bob. He's probably going to have Bonnie around. Oh, yeah. I had forgot about Bonnie, and I had a moment of, like, what is going on with this small child? Well, the reason reason you forgot about Bonnie is uh, because she doesn't come up in Battleground (laughs) at all. (laughs) Yeah. Just diss a fucking Pierce. Uh, that's that's a that's a bone of contention with the fan base. A lot of people are like, "What is Bonnie doing this whole thing?" <laughs> uh, and a lot of people have decided they like the idea that the reason Bonnie never comes up is because he never thinks of her purposely, like he never thinks of the goddamn spear of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could have been fucking useful on this one. Um, is it just me, or did he, the spear of destiny not actually do anything? It seemed kind of weak for him making such a big point to not think about it. <laughs> like, like he made it right. He he attached he attached the the like actual spear point to his his staff. But it was Marcone like shanking Ithnew that did it. Like yeah. that's where the blood came from. So all right. I mean, I guess he still has a spear of destiny. So that's. Useful. That's a very nice thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he has that. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was weird. Oh, look at that! I just segued. Um, so John Marcone, Thorn Namshiel. Yeah. He, I don't know why I was. Coin. I don't know why I was so surprised that that happened, but that caught me off guard. 
Because, I mean, they had ended... Fuck, what book was that? That's not... Uh, it is... Um, Small Favor? I think you're right there. And it was like 10 yeah. books ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was when they had to rescue uh, John yeah. from, from the, 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 the Lies of the Black and Denarius. They had left it unsure if he had taken the coin. Like, it didn't look like he did, but you couldn't prove that he didn't. It just and it was that so long ago that you stopped missing. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had kind of forgotten about it. Like, I, because, you know, so, 10 books. My, my friend Dane, who I got into this book series, and he admittedly, like, took to it harder than I did. Uh, he loves speculating. He loves getting into fan theories. He lo- Like, he just, he... He asked me to spoil stuff for him while I was reading Battlegrounds because I got it like two days before he did. He really likes spoilers. Uh, it's weird. He does. He does. It's because he just likes engaging. He likes speculating. Uh, after he explained it to me, I was like, that makes sense. Um, but he was absolutely taken aback and blown away that John Marconi had a, a coin. And he, for whatever reason, he just completely forgot that we were pretty sure he had that coin. Like either, either him or Monarch Securities had it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, but I also wasn't surprised because Marcone's always going to go for more power. Uh, oh, absolutely. And he's and the, the, the asshole that would have control in the same way that Nicodemus does. And the the further that that he goes into the supernatural world, the more he's going to feel the need to be able to like well defend himself. Uh, did you read Side Jobs? That was the first short story anthology. Yes, but it was a couple of years ago now. Okay, do you remember the story with the Fomor sorcerer that was coming after? Oh, you know what? That might have been in briefcases. I was going to say, I didn't, I don't remember much about the Fomor. Fomor never really Shoot, grabbed me remember. that hard. Yeah, uh, same you know, it's the, it's the short stories where you really see Fomor be like big bads. All right, I'll have to look into it then a little more. That makes um, sense. Murphy has a point of view story with, uh, with Georgia getting kidnapped while pregnant. And she like saves her and a bunch of people being kidnapped by Fomor sorcerers and mm. bad dudes. I believe that's where we first meet Listen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what the fuck is the deal with so many goddamn Starborn running around? Oh, we're getting a bunch of them. Listen, Dracul, Harry, theoretically Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, she was born. She was born around the same time. And as Harry. Butcher has said before that uh, Demorne would have grabbed Elaine. Like he didn't pick these two. He, he was Dylan. actively trying to record them. Yeah, or recruit um, Starborn children. Mm-hmm. I had originally thought that like Harry was going to be one of a kind with this, but no, he's one of just like a select few. I'm so glad they yeah. did Dracul instead of Dracula. Yeah. Same here. Also, what about um, okay? So. <laughs> I, I this is another conversation I had with Dane. Uh-huh. Uh, he thought it was kind of ridiculous that we had all these starborn. Or no, I I thought it was. There we go. And mm-hmm. then I convinced myself that it was actually fine. And the reason being is, well, how many people are born in a day, like across the world? Yeah. yeah. How many people are born at the exact same time? Like statistically, it probably happens. Uh, so that's how I was like, okay, that's probably fine that we have a few Starborn from like the same day, as it were. That Dracul, he's old as shit. He's from like a super older generation Starborn. Okay, whatever, that's fine. Of course, one of them would probably live for a long time. He he's the first Black Court vampire. <laughs> Is he even a Black Court vampire? Oh, that's a good question. Who knows what what is going down on this one? Um, it 
it makes sense, and I like it a little better than like Harry is the chosen one. I mean, the same here. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with the chosen one concept, but we've seen it so many times. And instead of oh look, random white guy number seven is the chosen one. Oh look, there's this like elite group that has access to crazy powers because of it. Yeah. Oh, there's also a theory that has not been confirmed, but a lot of people out there seem to think that Rashid might be a Starborn as well. That would make sense. That would answer a lot about Rashid. Yeah. I miss Rashid. Yeah, I like seen... Rashid a lot. I want him to be in so much more. And unless he mm-hmm. shows up in the last part of this book, which I did not get the sense he did, we haven't seen him nope. since uh, Harry visited the the Outsiders Gate. I want to say that sounds about right. Racking my brain. Bring more Rashid. Um, yeah, he was in cold. Last time we saw him was Cold Days. Was it Cold Days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Cold Days. It was Cold Days. Cold Days, because it was right after Ghost Story. Um, yes. He was I, like, yeah, I'll do the paperwork so everybody knows you're not a corpse. No, <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> I, I really want to see more of the Grey Council. They've mentioned it, but he's been kept at arm's length. I think it's time for him just to, like, come kicking down the door. You know, now yeah, that I'm not... Uh, I, Go ahead. I'm curious about that, because um, he might be out. He's definitely on the outs with uh, with Ebenezer, who is the only one who knows who everybody is. Yeah. Yeah, but he so might not necessarily he, give if, Ebenezer a choice in this one. Like Harry doesn't know who any of them are except for um oh uh, my god, Vaterung. Vaterung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Listen's twin Grey Council? We don't know, I don't okay. think. But I expect I bet Listen's twin does Martha Liberty maybe yeah, Martha Liberty's a toss-up. Ramirez is not, though he should be. Ramirez had figured out there were, he called them the Black Hats, but the, mm-hmm. the, the Black Council was yeah. acting in like, some ooh, way. I like that one. Which is the other one. Yeah. I was like, fucking man, you Ramirez knows so much. Just fucking trust mm-hmm. him at this point. Uh, and I really like the scene where Ramirez calls him out on that. He's like, I don't care that you think of me as like a little brother. Like, that's fine. But... Mm-hmm. Stop pretending I'm dumb while you're doing it. Hey, does anybody remember Ramirez's first appearance? Uh, the that's that's the necromancer one, isn't it? Uh, book before that. Oh, no. he was one of the the <laughs> acolytes in Summer. Night? The first time we see him, he is in a brown robe in Summer Night, and he's mm-hmm. laughing at Harry oh, no, being not, an. It's asshole. not Summer Night. It is not Summer Night. I don't, wait, is it? No, it is Which, because we, it's the last one we covered. It's uh. Because he has to yeah, go okay. answer for starting the goddamn war. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yes. And yeah, that was Ramirez. Just chuckling because this guy's being an asshole to the White Council. <laughs> so thinking of the war, I'm really torn on this one of... I did enjoy how many things are happening in these books and how much time we get to really like lean into everything. I'm not entirely convinced this needed to be two books or one book this long. Changes with Chichen Itza felt like a way more satisfying battle to me than the, like, 18 different battles all happening at once in Battleground. Yeah, how about that Endgame-style, like, <laughs> the, like, supernatural Avengers show up to fight Ifnu slash Thanos? <laughs> it gets too big. See, for me... Uh, I'm uh, in the middle of that fight, trust me. I Like, it's... Battlegrounds ended up, I, I, I might have said, I don't think I said this, I was going to say it sort of at the beginning, but mm. Battlegrounds ended up being my favorite. 
And I think it's partially because of what you pointed out before, like Dresden very much has the pacing of like a shonen manga. And mm-hmm. Battleground reminds me of um like in Bleach, the Battle of Fake Karakura Town. It feels a lot like later Naruto yeah, right. battles to me. Um and I get it. I I am not while I am critiquing, I don't want to come across as being like, no, that part sucks. I just, especially as someone who my favorite part is Harry doing the detective shit and Harry dealing with the people shit, Battleground takes forever. And I'm going to listen to it oh, again yeah. when I am not super stressed out from the state of the real world. Because <laughs> I know that those two pressures, I talked to actually both of you about this over the week, the the stress of the, like the fiction world and the stress of the real world were starting to intersect and I was getting really overloaded. Um, well, you, t- you had told me that you were concerned. <laughs> I think it might just be real world stress, but this looks stressing me out. I'm like, yes, but also it's just a very stressful book. <laughs> uh, yeah. Battleground reminded I, I, me most. It, the other thing is Battleground also reminded me a lot of Captain's Fury, which was my favorite of the Codex Alera. Oh God. Yes. Captain's Fury is so good. Oh, that's mm. the one that I was like, I hated two mm. books in a row. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the problem. You 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 stopped after the two like slowest build up books. And that, <laughs> I'm gonna stand by my argument on you, this one. I understand a first book or a first season. If you have not grabbed me by the end of season two, I just at that point I'm like, I have invested enough. See, uh um what's it called? Do 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 do. Uh, I say, as I say, it uh, takes like four books for Harry Dresden to really take off. But um, <laughs> Book two is Academ's Fury. What is the third book called? Uh, oh, God. Cursor's Fury. Cursor's Fury. Yes. Uh, Cursor's Fury is my favorite book in that series. Mm. Cursor's Fury was really yeah. good. I, I, for yeah. me, Captain's edges it out. But um, I think yeah. I just like the way. You didn't meet the Zerg yet, Thumbs. I mean, Zach. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. They know what I'm called. <laughs> I think um, I I mentioned it the first time around. I like I like the way Butcher describes action because it actually makes me tired and yeah. it pulls me in. And Battlegrounds, yes, I had more like times where I exclaimed out loud reading Battlegrounds than I have ever had with any other book. Like I gasped when it fucking turned and it was Dracul. Um, yeah, like, I almost like I dropped the book and almost started clapping and was like giddy on my beds when uh, Harry had that super triumphant moment on the roof where he summoned all of the little folk. That scene actually, because oh, I'm so incredible and I'm just listening like to this at work and everyone. I'm just like, I cannot like, I cannot react super strong to this because everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with Zach? Um, but yeah, that is been hands down. I think my favorite part of these two books of that scene, partly because I just love Toot Toot so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the big things about Harry is he is the only person that has taken the little folk seriously. even semi-seriously. Mm-hmm. And watching what started as like, oh, funny. And then like, oh, the Zalord, that's hilarious, but like kind of cool. And then we get to mm-hmm. this point, everyone's like, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> they're, they're an actual force to be reckoned with. Um, I was I was remiss with myself because I neglected to ask you, Zach, to message me when it happened, and it was going to be like capital I T. Mm-hmm. And it was that scene. And just see how <laughs> no no, and just see how many times you messaged me. Was it this? Was it this? 
<laughs> and nope, it was Michael swearing. Um, um, I, I did do that with Parr. Or Dane. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was very entertaining. Uh, let's fucking Murphy's death. I got pissed off and I was raging just as long as Harry was. And then I broke down sobbing just terribly when Mab agreed to give her proper a proper funeral. That one hit me hard. Uh, Mab yep. also became like 30 times more interesting in these books. From the moment that she, she got did. punched through a wall, I was suddenly like, Mab is fascinating Wait, now, what? as opposed to... <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, because before, like, oh, she's the evil one. Oh, and now... And I mean, McCoy warns him, like, she's... She's going to befriend you and she's going to use that because she knows she can't bully you. Uh, like, uh, But it was still like, oh, OK, this makes sense now. Uh, and then even we got to see some. Oh, sorry, I was going to say just the, the other physical thing was by the end of reading Battlegrounds, I wasn't able to put the last half of the book down and I ended up reading it to like 430 in the morning. And then I wasn't able I to turn off the work. Yeah, I should have, because <laughs> after that. Like, I was still having, like, a physical reaction where I was still, like, really pumped up in, in the moment of the battle, and I could not mm -hmm. turn myself off for, like, four hours, and I got, like, two hours of sleep that night, and it sucked really, really badly the next day. See, Especially because then I mm -hmm. couldn't go, like, none of my coworkers have read far enough in the series. A couple of them have read up to, like, summer night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, and I think that might be part of the problem I had of like for the first half of the book, I was getting like, yeah, I'm pumped up. Like when the, the Jotun show up. Oh, that was dumb. And oh, that was the Ein Hajarin are like, this is amazing. I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Fuck yeah. Like I don't get too I, heavy into Viking stuff, but I do have the like, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually was like, wait. Are they excited because they're here to help or because they get to fight them? And then I was like, okay, okay, they're excited because they get to fight them. <laughs> then, like, pulling out spears and being like, oh, let's cool. do this. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, a whole company so, of Leroy so, Jenkins is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Except they also have bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that we got some very human moments from Mab, in the, uh, in, especially in Battlegrounds. Because we got to see her be, like, visibly proud of Harry multiple times. Because he does was, good for actually, once. It was, yeah. <laughs> and it was very moving for me. But those, like, probably those moments, even over her, like, letting her kind of guard down. And, you you know, Jim Butcher reminds us that Mad wasn't always a fairy queen. She was a human. She was a mother. Like, she had people she cared about, and then she be something happened, and she became the fairy queen. She became the winter queen. And you don't get um, choices, really, when that happens. Like, Molly talks about this. Like, when this yeah. happens, duties come upon you that take precedence to your personality. Well, and what, mm -hmm. she's so like, we you're wearing your mantle. Mine is through me. Mm -hmm. She is her mantle, and her mantle is her. Mm -hmm. But she is she is still a mortal woman somewhere underneath there. And every every time that came out, uh, it was very moving. What I like most about it is I never had a moment that those were fake. Like, all of those were absolutely true. But that doesn't take what McCoy was saying about she will betray you any less true as well. She'll just use truth to fuck over Harry because there's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, show some show some humbleness to Harry. And it's like his ultimate weakness. So Mab and Harry and something we already sort of mentioned 
she kind of intimates him being starborn might end up with him becoming an immortal. Yeah. Oh, she very much is like, I mean, yeah, you're mortal for now <laughs> yeah. at one point. That and makes, I was like, oh, I'm excited to see where that thread goes. That makes Murphy possibly coming back as, uh, uh, Ein Hajarin someday a little more difficult, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, if he becomes an immortal, they'd probably be able to see that as him being a separate being from what he once was, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that I'm actually not concerned about because if there was anybody Harry Dresden loved enough that he would do anything to get them back, it would be Karen Murphy. Mm-hmm. And if Harry Dresden had to erase the memories of Murphy in the minds of everybody that ever knew her so she could come back, he would. Yeah, I think there's some real debate about whether that's a good thing or not, but I believe you with what you're it's saying. It's not a good thing. It's <laughs> super against one of the laws, but that's why I I can see that happening at some point. Um, also, with what the next book is apparently supposed to be, uh, we're mirror. probably going to see Harry. Yeah, we're probably going to see Mr. Harry Dresden having some complex feelings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> regarding Karen Murphy. Because it'll mirror Karen. I, yeah. I don't know anything uh, about this next book. So I actually looked this up because I thought it might come out in a in this podcast episode. But so Mirror Mirror is apparently Harry getting summoned by another Harry from an essentially an alternate dimension. And there's going to be lots of goatees and we're going to get the Mirror like Universe. I'm in. Okay, that sounds great. Oh yeah, and then uh, meeting that Karen is going to be super fucking weird, and she's going to be evil. Supposedly, yeah, I can't remember which moment it is exactly, but one of the moments where Harry made a big choice, it takes place in, like, he took the other choice, Mm -hmm. and that's where this mirror uh, universe is. I believe it's supposed to be based off of a choice he made in Grave Peril, but I can't think of what the choice was. Oh, Grave Peril, Grave Peril. That's where... Book three, that's where Susan... Isn't it? Where Susan gets taken Uh, and he starts the war? I think that's Grave Peril? Now I'm doubting. Yeah, I think you're right, because that's that's when... uh, when that sounds right. Michael's youngest was born, right? Because Charity gets hurt in that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the start of the war. So okay. Supposedly it's a choice he made in that one, which might be to start the war. <laughs> ah, or to go, like, full-on psycho murderer after mm-hmm. that, or who knows. See, Maybe really Susan dies. That- I don't like looking into the stuff. I just like to enjoy what we get. Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite of Dane, where, where I don't enjoy it. It's fun to speculate because I get to think about it more, but I, I like to just enjoy what we get. But this is one that I thought about a lot. I would really like it if it was from Changes, and Harry goes either for the Book of Kemmler, mm. or sorry, the Word of Kemmler, or picks up like truly takes up a coin. Oh, No, that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Okay, but if it was all the way back from Grave Peril, things could be a lot different, which would be cool. (laughs) I keep forgetting that like Michael and Charity are older than Harry. Like Michael's in his like mid fifties. Yeah, and pushing just a ton of weight on the bench. Yeah, he's still jacked as shit. Not as much as (laughs) Harry is these days, but no, but he's cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's just not fair. Oh, I, I also love that like Michael is a uh, is but his like personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like the best. He's like, so uh, you need to get really good at running. 
<laughs> you got to do that a lot. You so. do that. <laughs> We're going to get you used to that. <laughs> uh, God, Butters become a badass. Yeah, I really enjoyed Butters in all of these. I, I think they took Butters a little too far. There was parts, especially towards the end of Battleground, where I'm just like, okay, you've had Butters be a badass for the straight 20 minutes straight. Is he... Is he still going to be the key to... Do- okay, yeah, he's still just going to be want- just waiting through enemies. Gotcha. Okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, he does have a lightsaber. That is kind of what people with lightsabers do. Yeah, but it went a little <laughs> too far too fast, I agree. Like, I, I yeah. could see it if he had become the knight, like, five books ago. I was still recovering from the revelation of him and Andy and Marcy. I actually have mixed thoughts oh, about yeah. that. Uh, and I want to... I want to see more of that before I decide if it's really cool or if it's done as kind of like man fan service-y. Because mm. we, yeah, because you haven't seen enough of it yet. Because I am very much in favor of a thruple in the Dresden Files. In more more representation for more people, you know, monogamy is not the only option. But I sure hope Butcher does it right and doesn't just basically like dear penthouse butters his life. Well, I mean, here's what I like about it is that We've even had hints that, like, something might happen, not necessarily as, like, a thruple, but, like, Marcy showed up because Andy got hurt mm-hmm. uh, and, like, was there to help her, and they were really close friends when they were still in college together. So, like, there's there's breadcrumbs of of some kind of relationship there, and so with her coming back to, like, help Andy recover and stuff, and her and Butters getting close at the same time, it makes sense that in the background, because once again, we're always looking through Harry Dresden's viewpoint and the world Jim Butcher likes to show us in little ways does not revolve around Harry Dresden. Stuff still happens while he's not around. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I, I just really enjoyed that because we've had like a few hints here and there. Once again, in briefcases, you find out that those two are like at least living together. Hmm. Uh, the two girls, that is. Yeah. So that she's living with them. Um, I like the idea, as I said, I just, it will depend on how well he writes it. If it's like, oh, this is really great. Or this is super fan servicey that the early forties polka fan is now a fucking Jedi Knight with two <laughs> hot mid twenties girlfriends. Uh, I have faith that that's not going to happen. And the reason being for that is, um, just because we're not always seeing this stuff. Yeah. We're uh, just going to, like, pop in now and then. Maybe they'll, like, Harry will be like, oh, shit, Butters, uh, like, my arm just cut off, got cut off. I need a doctor. And he'll be, like, having dinner with them. Like, they'll all be having dinner. See, that would be great. <laughs> I think Harry Dresden, like, 10, or Jim Butcher, like, 10 books ago, if this had come up in the first few books, it would have been made skeezy. I think butcher today i have a lot more trust in uh doing that because as much as we talked about harry growing up jim butcher has grown up a lot in the course of writing these books too that you can really feel yeah him and his wife split also the sad thing yes uh (laughs) he moved he got married again he learned oh okay i knew he was seeing somebody i didn't know if he got married i don't know i think they got married not not important i don't follow jim butcher that closely don't look into the lives of your favorite authors because then you find out they're J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Right. We might want to edit that out. Sorry. <laughs> Blackstaff confirmed as being Mother Winter's walking stick? Uh, as close to confirmed as we can get yeah. so far. Well, that's fucked but up. But yes. 
<laughs> that's super fucked up. What do you mean up. that's fucked up? Uh, using, fucked up? using her walking stick is not going to go well. I mean, we already knew the black staff was bad, but it's like that really places on the like, oh, okay. Strictly speculation here. I bet Mother Winter is real happy that something of her is out there, like, essentially wreaking havoc. Yeah, exactly. And also, Ebenezer, you don't get to throw <laughs> fucking shit for stones at this point. Oh, man. Ebenezer kind yeah, he, of pissed me off these books. Uh, he I, did. He did. I wildly oscillated and, between really enjoying and, like, really liking him and being like, dude, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... In between the two books, because right stuff had to get worked on Battlegrounds after these talks came out, um, I think Jim Butcher picked up that people were like, "Jesus Christ, why does he have such a hate boner for the White Court?" Because then we in Battlegrounds we started hearing a lot of like Harry's thinking about the fact like, "Oh, I I have like a really really large level of rage for ghouls uh, because of this thing that happened." Yeah, I got me some. Well, I guess it. I guess it makes sense for Ebenezer to feel this way about the white court because mm-hmm. it was his daughter and not just like Casey was teaching. Mm-hmm. And he said so that it was they, more than he, that too. Like he, yeah, so, like, is it because of mom? I believe it. Like not just that. Uh, yeah. I want a book about, I, I both do and don't want a book about his mom because yeah, it sounds like I it'd understand. be super cool. But sometimes a lot of times with prequels, you're like, man, this is just, this was so much better in my head. Before I knew what the Clone Wars actually was. <laughs> mm. So so how much are you guys uh, thinking that Harry is probably descended from the original Merlin? It would it would definitely track. I mean, he talked uh, Ebenezer talked about how his journals trace back to Merlin, Merlin, Merlin. Mm-hmm. And it would super make sense that it's not, you know, apprentice to apprentice like they originally made it sound, but actually... The, down the family line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a family tradition to not tell your grandkid that they're your grandkid, and then you teach them how to use magic. God, <laughs> Ebenezer has the most hardcore Dumbledore syndrome of like, just answer a fucking question. Right. Fun thing I learned because I, I tried to do that character in an art in a tabletop RPG. Turns out that when it's not a book where like, uh, you know, you can just write that they accept it. People do not put up with that shit at all. Right. They just went mm-hmm. to war with that character almost immediately. I'm like, this is not working at how I wanted it to. Yeah. Everybody in this fucking universe needs to learn how to just answer a fucking question about Starborn. Oh, about seriously. literally everything, man. That's the point I'm well, making here. We, we have an, an in-universe year. Mm-hmm. Which means... Apparently guaranteed for listens to when to be like... All right, Harry. So I actually have a slight theory, very small theory. We're going to have Mirror Mirror happen. And then we'll talk about fucking Starborn. Well, in the prologue, like, Harry's going to be like, oh, God, I'm fucked up because I always get fucked up on my adventures. Oh, geez, what am I going to (laughs) do? It'll be like, he'll be sitting half dead in his castle and then listens to when he's going to knock on his door. And that's going to be the end of the book. Mm. Other possible likes to hook us in for the next one. Other possible theory. What I think it's actually, I'm going to grow on your theory a little bit. He's going to have that year to be an emotional wreck and build all of his cool stuff because I want him to have his fucking rings again. Yeah. He Uh, needs his tools. Yes. He needs his tools. And then listens to wind is going to be like on his way over to talk about this stuff. When mirror mirror happens. 
Ooh, okay. I, and I like then, that And as then well. he gets pulled into Mirror Mirror, and he's like, wait, no, fuck. fuck. Uh, and then it'll come back with, like, oh, I don't fucking know from there. But, like, from there, your idea of, all right, now it's time to talk about this. End of book. Did you guys read The Christmas Story? Not yet. Uh, no, it's at the end of my audiobook. You disgust me. Anyways, continue. What? I, <laughs> What's wrong uh... with audiobooks? James Marsters. Oh, wait, I did read it. Yeah, it was at the end of Battle yeah, yeah. Uh They also released it last year on Christmas, but yeah, it's real good. I'm not going to say anything because I want Zach to read it. It's okay. nothing that we really need to talk about. <laughs> I we love this cool moment. There you go. <laughs> I'm so, you loved what? Yeah, we I, got to see him unle- unleash. Well, I was going to say, I love Listens to Wind. Mm. I love the fact that he's supposed to tell Harry some more shit coming up. We kind of know where he learned everything that he knows. Sam Squatch! I kind of hope it's uh, Strength of a River in his shoulders that ends up having to be the one to tell Harry, because I fucking love him and how much he was in both of these books. I do, too. Wearing the fucking glasses. Yeah, the glasses. I lost my glasses. That's why they're scared of me now. Like, okay, big guy. Uh, yeah, I want him to like hang out in the castle for a while or something like that. Uh, I did have one thought, because Listens to Win's entire thing was amazing. But, like, he's flying as the falcon, turns into the elephant, smashes the Jotun's chest, and they're like, the, uh, a body, no matter how big, can't survive that onslaught or something like that. And, like, then why the fuck did Listens to Win not explode right there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just say I really enjoyed this, like, kind of minor, well, major bomb for Harry, but minor bomb on the scale of what was going on. The river shoulders dropped on Harry, which was, oh, yeah, Gnosko is still alive. He's, oh yeah! If you see him, you should probably not. You should probably get out of there. <laughs> you should probably not. See him. Well, and I love the uh, the kind of the Grendel was. I did. Hey, man, we all thought Grendel yeah. was nuts. Like, yeah. don't you get? I got no issue with you. The only issue is the one you're bringing, buddy. <laughs> that was that was uh, neat. I was like, oh, Grendel can't. Oh, um, the pack of Malks was story. frightening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we mostly only saw. Too. Uh, we mostly only saw Gray Malkin, but mm-hmm. just the idea in my head. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is no good for anybody right now." <laughs> Release the Malks! Oh shit, man! What if we don't do that? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um. Uh, the fucking soul gazing the goddamn kraken. Soul gazing the kraken. Yeah. Not what getting the soul gaze Murphy made me so angry. Mm. He like, soul gazed Murphy. Yeah, but he like long enough to see her die. I wanted like the a moment of you know like because he didn't get any of the soul gaze from her. I wanted like a partial soul gaze no, no, or no. something. No, didn't he soul gaze Murphy like super early in the series? No. Or my, no, I'm thinking about when he, the two times he's looked at her with his wizard sight. I'm sorry. Yep, no, you're fine. Because he talks about after she dies, if he had always been too scared to soul gaze Murphy, because no one ever reacts that well to soul gazing with Harry. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, holy I, crap. I don't think it's actually so much, like, bad as just Intense. overwhelming. Intense. Like, yeah. No one reacts well to it. Like, well, they Susan dated you afterwards, so it obviously didn't go too badly. Uh, yeah, Michael's your BFF. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. clearly it's not. It's just a lie, you know. But I also get it. Well, like the idea of soul gazing is profoundly terrifying. Those also are like his really early soul gazes. Mm-hmm. Brady, Brady, was that his name? 
Rudolph's partner. Grady, I think. Grady, yes. Uh, Grady. He, he, he definitely yeah. he reacted poorly. He did yeah. not like being he did not like full gazing. It was also like at the same time he found out that monsters and stuff are real. Yeah, he had a bad day. Um, yeah, a real bad day. Well, and I think part of it could be just like they're seeing all of the you know power and potential in Harry, and I don't care who you are, that's scary. Yeah, especially because the high likelihood that he's got a very dark side. We've seen this dark side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it grew against like, everything. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. But like when he soul gazed Molly and he saw like the dark, dark Molly. Like, I bet the Harry version of that is pretty scary to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's scared of normal Harry, so. Mm-hmm. I definitely missed seeing Kincaid in this. That's who I thought he called at first, not Goodman Gray, because I had kind of forgotten about Goodman Gray. Same here. And I was like, oh, he called Kincaid. So when they were like, I'm not made of money, man. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be expensive as fuck. And he like pulls out a dollar. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> Goodman Gray does jobs for a dollar. Got to pay the rent. Yeah, I'd, I'd, um, I'd just forgotten about him, so I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, it's, you were he's a very plain guy. In, in Battlegrounds. Like, his job was to keep Justine out of everything. Okay, so let's see. We should probably talk about the the walker in the room. Oh, right? yeah. We should probably talk about that. We're getting a little long on time. I don't know if that matters Yeah, no, 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 give us some thoughts here, big guy. Okay, uh, fucking... When when Thomas goes, it was Justine, and Harry was like, "Oh yeah, fucking, I'll or, I'll take care of her. Don't worry, I'll protect you. All right, man. Yeah. When I'm really just, it was just, like it was a warning. <laughs> he was warning him that it was Justine, uh, and just like those pieces suddenly falling into place. Oh man. So it's, I, I looked into that. It's way more it's interesting than just Thomas being like, "Oh, Justine again," because we've had that for fucking. Six of the 16 mm-hmm. books. But sorry, you, you went looking uh, into this. Yeah. Like, as far as we've known her, or as a lot of the time we've known her since, like, the third book she was in when she started, you know, working for Lara, uh, she, she's been a nemesis. Did, did, did. And you can start seeing when she's trying to fuck with stuff. Like, I've, I haven't gone back and read stuff, but I've seen other people who did do that and have been, like, making posts about it and stuff. She she just like casually dropped a Harry's brothers with a vampire to Lucio one time. Oh yeah, and apparently Lucio just was like, la la la. I didn't hear that. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that we so, haven't seen Lucio at all. Uh, so I, a lot of people are wondering why, like, oh my god, where is Lucio? Where are all the fucking wardens? Where is the rest of the senior council during battlegrounds? Uh, having a vote. They were. They had a meeting, like they couldn't get there in time. <laughs> yeah, they had to go wrap. The battle Harry. itself. Yeah, the whole battle itself took like five hours. Even if they'd heard about it and dropped everything and tried to get there, they would not have gotten there in time. So that's there you go, people. I, I've said it straight for you. That's why the White Council in power wasn't there, and it was no, just a few of them. I get it. I just feel like <laughs> over the course of the last like five books, maybe Lucio would have shown up for one or two of the big deals. Yeah, she's been busy. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, as I you mean, said, it's, about the big... this world does not revolve solely around Harry Dresden. Other stuff is going down at the same time. Yeah, this is this is just a little a apocalypse. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Dracul said what? This is just a little dust up. <laughs> Dracul says what? Yeah, <laughs> just a little dust up. 
This is good for, <laughs> for scouting. He's just, he's just here to do some recruiting. Oh, God, I love that. He was like, you know, normally this is the point where I'd offer somebody eternal life, but, like... You're really obnoxious. No, you're, so, <laughs> you're so stylish. Like, you just... You're not cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. Knock, knock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fucking conjuritis. The con- <sighs> Also, if somebody could answer a fucking question about conjuritis, that would be great, too. Again, yes. Yeah. This is what I was saying. Everybody, even, even Laura, conjuritis at your age? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, who, who, who besides Harry doesn't know about this? I bet Elaine knows about this. <laughs> it's one of those, it actually bothered me. Like, it kept, pull, it started pulling me out of the story after a while when literally everyone knew about it but him. I'm like, he's been around for a while. Like, yeah. Well, who I else here knew it was I Gary? Surprise! She's centuries old. Oh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> who else here? Knew everybody, it was Gary? everybody here knows it's Gary. I think I think you said eighty percent of the people yeah. in the <laughs> no one, race. There no is. one cares, Gary. <laughs> is Mac an angel? Oh, blow my cover, Dresden. Mac might be a former angel. Mac. Uh, it seems to be animated that he was one of the Watchers. Okay. Uh, Fallen from grace, but not like, you know, evil. Yeah, that's uh, he's that, out, is what he said. That's what I had thought. I just was like, oh shit, because yeah, we knew there was more going on with Mac for a while. But I also just really was fond of the like random bartender that somehow managed to like make his play. Like, if he had been just a completely normal person still, who had somehow gotten in on the Uncelia Accords, it would have made my fucking week. Like, still. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me laugh really hard all the times that Harry's been like, Max Beer's a uh, way to make somebody believe in God. Or that there is a God and he desires us to be happy. <laughs> like, ah, well, no, no wonder Seth's beer is divine so often. Turns out it is. <laughs> Final book. The true hero of everyone? Mac. Mac. Or Mouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mac's going to show up with a flaming fucking sword at some point in the big apocalyptic trilogy. <laughs> yeah, probably. They mentioned Mr. Getting great. Old, and I'm realizing that Mr. is, like, 17 it's at this point. It's just an old point. kitty cat. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I, I, I'm not going to be able to handle it if they kill Mr. as well as... I'm going to hope oh, that gonna a... there's going to be some, like, mumbo-jumbo magical explanation of Harry slinging around so many spells is rubbed off on Mr. and he yeah. has extended Something, life. yeah. Uh, Mr.'s a monk now, somehow. Mr. <laughs> is secretly Vatarung! <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, He's everyone else. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, rungs everyone else. <laughs> oh, giving him the mantle could work. I mean, if the Red Lanterns can have Dexter the Cat Red yeah. Lantern, then the Winter Cat Knight, like... Yeah. <laughs> to quote Harry, Vatarung's a complicated guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else happened. Everything. Everything. Oh, this has been the most so scattered things. episode we've ever done, because it's just three people going, yeah. but what about this scene? But what? Oh, and this thing, and that thing. But that thing was so cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's what I want. Uh, firstly, what was, what was the name of the guy who was like, this is bullshit, man, like, Randy. wizard, what the fuck? Randy. Randy, thank you. Randy is, <laughs> he had my favorite line in the book, which was, <laughs> we have a fucking <laughs> wizard. wizard. Fuck those guys! <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, here's what I want from Randy in the next book. He, like, Harry helped save his daughter, basically, by, like, defending the city and stuff. Like, his brand-new-ass baby. Mm-hmm. So, 
he, he becomes part of the Paranet. And then he goes and works directly for the Wizard of Chicago because he wants to, like, help defend the city and keep his family safe. Yeah. So he goes to work for Harry and, like, help do these great works. And now he just kind of becomes Harry's gopher. Like, he gets Harry's laundry and, like, goes grocery shopping <laughs> for the castle. He's and, like, like, this dude really needs a person and we have lost a person. Like, he, we've, we've lost his person. Uh, it's time for him to connect he, to, like... Mm-hmm. Like he, he's hoping that. to do like help Harry do all these extravagant things, and then he just kind of ends up becoming fucking <laughs> dressed as like PA. <laughs> well, because Harry is going to need someone who is normal human, and he, as we mentioned, he does not have that anymore. So that would yeah, he needs somebody to keep him grounded. Randy would be perfect for that. Um, Randy might be good. Maybe they'll fall in love. I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So speaking of shipping things, uh huh. What do you guys think of the the forced Harry Lara pairing in the future? It's about time. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm not against it. I kinda I what? kinda like the way they interact, especially upon these rereads. It's gonna be All fun, right. but there's no way they're gonna like it's gonna be a whole lot of uh she can't touch him because he's still protected by Murphy and he refuses to have sex with her, but she's challenging him, blah, blah. It adds a new level of interest to things, but like, what if I read this story with Wolverine and Viper in Marvel comics in like the nineties, like this exact fucking story. What if Lara has been in love with Harry this whole time or has grown to be like loved him. And that's why she can't kiss him. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yes. Uh, like Justine and Thomas, if they want to like get down, they have to like phone somebody else first <laughs> or have a threesome. <laughs> like, oh no, Harry's gonna get like some regular affection and and sex. Oh jeez, can't have that. I Better just kill I, Murphy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be exactly what bothers me about this. Uh, all, um, right, all right, t- time to set up the next romance. I did have a um, moment of like also, in in uh in fucking the first one in Peace Talks where literally he's still talking about how hot at literally every woman he meets is. And I'm like, come on, man. Oh like, god. It's not as badly done as it used to be though. No, it's not. It is I have not heard the or seen or heard the sentence the tips of her breasts in like eight books. So we're doing fucking great there, Jim. Yeah. yeah I, I was noticing that too. <laughs> I was noticing that too, but I was like, oh, he definitely grew because now it's more just like, look at her being super gorgeous over there. Oh, yeah, I'm in a room full of people that can kill me at any second. Supposed to him just being like, girl, girl. Yeah, he he was really bad about that. I think Molly's going to come on to him super hard now. Oh, absolutely. Although now Molly knows what happens if she tries to get down with anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. But I did like that frostiness, eh, pun intended, mm. between Lara and Molly after, you know, Mab's like, excellent, you may court my night. You'll be married by the end of the day. <laughs> right? Oh. Um, because that makes sense, right? Because we all know that Molly is a good person. Mm-hmm. She loves Harry. We've known that. But she also cares about Harry. So with Murphy dying, like, and Molly knew her as well, and also was going to grieve in her own way. Uh, but we all know that as soon as she found out Murphy had died, something in her went, maybe me and Harry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had that thought. I had so, that thought. So, 
It's less creepy yeah, now that she's in like mid twenty. I don't see it happening, but like I, I knew that this plot point was going to come up. Yeah, more. I'm, I, I'm not super into her being into Harry, and well, I mean, I, it makes sense to me, but like they've also squashed that bug four times. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of Ted and Robin from How I Met Your Mother. I wouldn't yeah. be the least bit uh, surprised if by like the end of the series, if they're both still alive, they're in a situation where it's like. You know, eventually they're actually going to get together, but right now it's been three hundred years. It's yeah. less creepy than it is, mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. she makes that argument at one point, and I can kind of see it. But at the same time, give it a couple hundred years. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a ship that I'm like, yeah. But also, I spent the last however many books being like, just fucking date Murphy already. This is getting old, and now I don't have that, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to like. The part of me that ships characters doesn't know what to do with itself. That's why I'm all I'm, in on I'm Lauren. super into... Yeah, <sighs> I'm really into like it. I like it a lot. All. I, I do. I love I'm it. I'm looking forward to it. when Laura inevitably dies. <laughs> well, I mean, if she I like Laura as a character, but, like, I don't... There's story there. There's no long-term relationship there, because they're gonna... I think Laura is an incredible partner for Harry. And I very specifically choose partner. Just like Murphy was a really good partner for him. It was it would have been okay if those two had never become a couple. It was really exciting when it did happen. Mm-hmm. But like that relationship was great. And Larry and Larry, damn it, I just, I, put, I made a ship name for them. <laughs> Larry <laughs> and Harry have an incredible amount of respect for each other. They just also do not trust each other. <laughs> Wacky yeah. hijinks and too. And kind, then also they bone sometimes. Kind of important for a relationship, though. Like, I, I agree as, like, a partner, as people forced to deal with each other, it's great. As a romantic thing, I don't like it. That's fine. Yeah. Just remember, Thumb, that uh, marriage as coming from love is a relatively new concept. And they're both old. I get it. I get it. Um, as I said, it's just, yeah. Uh, I, I think... I think those two joined are a like serious supernatural powerhouse. That's yeah. very true. I just have been very into the Adams family, Gomez and Morticia kind of ever since I got married, married couples that really love each other. I really like and married couples that don't like or don't trust each other. I really can't stand. Mm-hmm. So I am coming into this biased. I'm admitting that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. What's that much like guess who else didn't like each other for a long time? Harry Dresden and Karen Murphy. Except they always liked each other. There was just trust issues. There, because uh, Harry can't tell a goddamn secret. Frosty, the first couple books. Yeah. Well, you know, back then as well, he was like, I, I'm seriously not supposed to tell people about magical bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, he's like, fuck the White Council. Yes. No, I get it. Uh, but I mean, like, and even, fuck Rudolph. All my homies hate Rudolph. Even in the first one. Oh, God, fuck Rudolph. Uh, even in the first one, like, he has a concussion and passes out and she, like, takes care of him, buys him food and leaves him money and is like, you will pay me back. But like. That's not, it may be frosty sometimes, but that's not the actions of people who don't have a fondness for each other. Do you think Laura wouldn't do that for Harry? I do not in that same way. I think she might have, there wouldn't be the like. I think you're right that she would not until the end of these two books. And I think after these books, she might. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It felt like affection on that one. I'm, I don't know. I have a very different level of excitement for Larry that you two have. So, 
Oh, oh man. I'm now, if in. it was Larry and Harry, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm really liking this Randy Harry idea that you, that Harry Randy, let's not say that how I said that first sentence. Uh, the handy? Yes, the handy. I'm into handy. Oh, God. Nice. Nice. I almost said that with a straight face. <laughs> All right. What else? What else is there? Oh, no body, no crime. Rudy's going to get it free, like legally speaking. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And cop. Yeah. Yep. Like, the no. total affairs cop. He's, yeah. He's going to have a promotion out of this somehow, I bet you. Um, I'm real yep. curious if he's going to be actively worse or if he's going to decide that he needs to, like, make amends and, like. He's not we? going to do that. <laughs> Again, I haven't finished the um, book, so uh, I could be wrong. So. Yeah, I mean, no, no body, no crime, right? So I think that's not going to happen. Way to go, Butters and Sonia. I mean, actually way to go because, like, save your friend's soul. Yes, it would have been very <laughs> bad also, for Harry to give in right there, but also, yeah. oh, Rudolph. In, in, insisting on mortal justice and now there's not, like, a body for them to, you know, be like, hey, yeah, yeah, look, here's the bullet wound. Uh, <laughs> I think there was an exit wound, so it's not there, but maybe there's some fragments that they could match. Whatever. They talked about it spinning that's around not inside her and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, oh, God, I was real sad. Fuck. So, yeah, I, I think Rudy's probably going to get off, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he ended up, like, crazy. Like, if this broke him mentally. Yeah. 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 I could see more of his partner, the... The guy who is as wide as he is tall, like tank of a man being someone yeah. that Harry deals with more, which again would give him access to some of the stuff that Murphy had, but without that same trust. Because Stallings is going to be... relationship. Stallings is either dead or retired by the end of this. Stallings is not dead. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's retiring. He's well, retiring. He, he mentions that he's like, I'm going to die by a fucking cliche. So good. Death by cliche. I was like, I thought you retired. In two weeks, I was like, oh, fuck. Stalling's a screwed. And then he made the joke, and I, la- I laughed so hard. <laughs> so I think Rudy is probably going to snap and end up in a, in a, in a hospital. He's going to end up being the bad so guy for an episode. Uh, like, a real the bad guy for a book. Oh, we know who the real... Oh, man. Do you know... Have you heard the rumor of who, like, the herald of the end times is going to be? Um, I just kind of made that name up. I don't think. No, but I know roughly what you're talking about. What? uh, Who? Okay. Who? So there's a big apocalyptic trilogy that he wants to do. Yeah, he mentions this. Um, And one of the, I I heard a rumor, and I'm not sure how confirmed this is, if it has come from Jim Butcher himself, but that it's going to be a little girl that Harry meets and, like, shows that magic is real. Uh, in a short story. It's also the same short story where he like encounters Murphy for the first time. Oh, which I think is very cool. Yeah. You remember that little girl with the yeah. glowing ring? Yeah. Oh shit. That'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking deep. I, I like right that. There. I like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, could we uh, just have okay. like Sonya in all the time? Oh, <laughs> uh, No. You're I love a- Sonya, but I don't. I I wouldn't love Sonya every book. That's fair. I I want more of the alphas. I feel like I haven't gotten enough Billy and Georgia in several books. Like we we get bits of him here, but I want yeah real time with them again. I, I really like that uh, the alphas narratively, especially like when the fighting happens. But just narratively speaking, 
um, operate in the same way that like wolves do. They're very much in the shadows. They stay hidden until it's like time to strike. But I, I like that about them a lot. I really do. Yeah. House wise, they're they're really low, right? They turn into wolves and bite stuff. Yeah, no, I get it. And I, then he's kind of outgrown them, but I just I really like Billy and Georgia interacting with Harry, and I miss that because we yeah. haven't had a ton of that since the four changes. Uh, we, yeah, we haven't seen him role play in so long, and he loves having like large thews. Yeah, his mighty <laughs> thews. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Enough talk. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I just I know I just am being difficult because I want good things for Harry because 2020 has been a long year. <laughs> but I want him. Jim like, Butcher lives to make Harry Dresden miserable. I just. I'm so sorry. I want Harry Dresden <laughs> living in his castle, hanging out with like Billy and Butters as his like lieutenants. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be great. Fucking running the paranet and being like, fucking bring it on on Celia Chords. How big do you I, guys I, think Toot can get? He's like uh, the size of a G.I. Joe at this point, yeah? I think he's bigger than that. I think he's bigger than that at this point. I, I think cold days he was about G.I. Joe sized. Okay. And he's I, even bigger now. Yeah, I think he's... Oh, holy like, shit. Did you guys realize that Lacuna's a tooth fairy? Yeah. yeah that was fucking great, right? Uh, I almost brought that oh up. Oh my god, room. like... Apparently, this has been known in the Dresden circles, and I had no idea until this book. <laughs> That's why she's so obsessed with teeth, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, God, I just didn't put it together, and then he said it, and I was like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> Shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> um, usually, I don't care for the like one person claiming someone's their girlfriend while the girl's like, "I am not," but I don't know why I found it charming with these two. <laughs> Because Toot is just so childish and, and charming. There, there is an innocence to the little people that I think lets them get away with it much mm -hmm. better. Yeah. Oh, they had real weapons, and that was really cool. Way to go, Molly. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Like, I know I know Harry's the Zaw Lord and stuff, but, like, Molly's the one who actually does stuff for them besides <laughs> give them pizza. <laughs> uh, I am... I liked the moment where, just thinking of Molly... Where Ebenezer was like, you should get out. And Harry's response was not like, I can't, but like, not until Molly, but not until I can get Molly out too, which was, it showed way deeper yeah. thought for Harry, like way more maturity than just like reacting at the moment. Mm -hmm. And also it gave yep. me some hope for Molly who, uh, narratively it's been really good, but I liked her a lot better when she was Padawan than I do. I mean, and I'm not supposed to like her as much as the winter lady, like, Right. She's going through her black suit Spider-Man phase right now. Sure. You know, something that we need to remember as well is that uh, Molly became Padawan eight, like in-universe like eight, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So she's not the same person that so she like, was. Yeah, she's had a lot of growing up. Like, she's in her mid-twenties now. Um, she She's like, oh god, here's a good example. Our friend Emily, Beatrix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> who's like grown up and gone to college and has like a big girl job and like is a like successful happy adult yeah she was 17 is, like, when we met her and now she's uh way ahead of both of us and we're like hey yeah <laughs> yeah like it's it's it, it's cool so we've just once again you know as much as harry gets to see a person we get to see see them grow up and yeah like Molly, i like growing up molly person. i just want you know, we're losing one of the big things going on is we're kind of losing her to the winter lady. 
like who Molly I mean, is. A little bit. Just, yeah. She, uh, she, you got to keep in mind as well. I mean, I, I can't tell you what to do, but it's, <laughs> I find it's important to realize that Molly is still herself, but she also has to put on this mask so she doesn't get ripped apart by uh, her minions, basically. Yeah, I just, one of the running themes of it is it doesn't matter how good your intentions while you're playing these dangerous games, those games still change you. And it, he has very well set it up that I am worried of the directions that Molly is going. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. She's <laughs> she's a, a fairy queen. That's got to be rough. A winter fairy queen, to be specific. Um, oh. I will say if... I guess I can't point to any like specific numbers of times this occurred or anything, but one of the things that did stand out from this originally one book that was split into two, I don't know if it was if it was Jim or if it was his editor either making sure this got put in or not taking enough of it out when things got split, but I felt like a lot of information got repeated like 16 a times. Lot. Compared to other books. He's always been good about, like, the whole, uh, I always Let's think of it. you of a thing. Yeah, I, I always think of it as, like, the uh, the sort of uh, comic book writing philosophy where, like, everyone's, com- every comic is somebody's first comic. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to repeat yeah. some stuff. But this one well, seemed, like, four or five times more than any of his other books. Yeah. Uh, I've been experiencing this a lot. Like I said, I, I started listening to the Wheel of Time books. Um, and when I first read them, it was spaced out over a lot of time. I, the series wasn't finished when I started reading it. So it was really good getting these reminders as new books came out. But then I'm re-reading re- slash listening to it now, and Jim Butcher doesn't do quite as good of a job as the minor reintroduction to stuff mm. as I thought he did, now that I've got like a really good example of it in, in the Wheel of Time books. Nope, he just so, yeah. beats you over the head I think that a was, couple of times. <laughs> I, I think Jim was just repeating information pretty hard in this book. Uh, including the, I mean, it was something that I always had in the back of my head reading all of these books, but the fact that Harry is like six foot nine got repeated so many times in the, these two. Yeah, yeah he's huge. He's I, huge. I remember him being I big. I didn't remember him being almost seven feet tall. Like, I thought he was closer to like... Six four six five six six, and I have cousins at that height. That is already like give a me a guy. Yeah, in my I neck. think the uh, a phrase Jim has used a lot in like in books when Harry describes himself is closer to seven feet than six. So I've always kind of imagined six seven, maybe six eight, mm-hmm. which is still like fork beard sized. Yeah, it is ridiculously large human being. Yeah, and so that I don't and know. You like it exercises so he's in good shape and a winter night i guess too <laughs> yeah yeah him like doing the six miles with the 220 pound vest on that's, yeah holy hannah that's like a me yeah that's just like me holding on being like let's do this oh yeah harry is a physical monster at this point <laughs> mm-hmm but he already Which, kind I, I actually, of was because I always forgot that he was fucking six foot nine. <laughs> yeah, I always I always forget that he's big in that regard. The times that I remember, besides when we're told, like, yeah, Harry, you're the goddamn giant. Um, I remember it most often when he like has to fist a cuff a little bit. Mm. 
that's what I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it makes sense that he's, like, he can beat up Sonya and Butters a little bit because he's just got reach on them of nothing else. <laughs> it's gonna make like he's a good fighter. He's supernatural, but also he's his arms are like a hundred feet long each. <laughs> it's gotta be he could difficult kick somebody. to date Murphy like he did, who was maybe five feet tall. Like that is a imagine dating someone yeah, almost two feet shorter than you. Right. <laughs> if she like leans up for a kiss, he has to like bend over for five minutes before. Excuse he can me, kiss I'm going to get down to my knees now. <laughs> my aunt is four eleven. Her husband is six four, and just that blows my mind. Oh my god! Wow, I don't even think he's six four. I think he's that. like six two and a half. Like <laughs> probably not even six four. He's a pretty tall guy though, and like even that, I'm just like that's a there's a big difference right there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, we don't have to think about that anymore. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. Okay. So now as we've bounced around in our easily least uh, comprehensible episode that will either be amazing or terrible, and we'll find out next week. Well, yeah, you'll find out now. Uh, is there anything else we want to say before we dive into recommendations? Uh, I thought it was really cool that the red cap was uh, a deep agent. Yeah. That was kind of neat. Yeah, I thought that was red. We got a little bit more um, red cap time, and I liked that. I just couldn't help but think of it as a maga cap the entire time, and I was like, oh, no. Uh, Did you notice that? I know, I know. uh, Did you notice that he showed up in the very beginning of Peace Talks when Harry first visits the Carpenter's house? And he's one of the, he's one of the, the 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 old neighbor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had not placed that together. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, Slammed both oh, of these books oh, in the space uh, of like two days. I'm just like, oh, God, so much information intake. In, in both Peace Talks and, speaking of MAGA, that's why I thought of this, in both speak, uh, Peace Talks and Battleground, Harry talks like Donald Trump when he's like basically telling somebody off. <laughs> when, it, when he's talking to Marcone after we find out that Marconi is a... Uh, oh, you know, mm-hmm. a knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like fake wizard, bad, sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure this is him like riffing on Trump a little bit. <laughs> there, there's another bit that where he does it in peace talks as well. <laughs> God, um, fake wizard, sad. Yeah, it was great. Anyways, recommend some stuff to me. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> Tyler, you want to <laughs> jump in on? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off the recommendations because this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be a blatant crossover. You can go listen to me talk about this on Fried Squirms next week because it's the movie that we're about to record talking about. I watched it nice. just a few hours ago. I fucking loved it so much. I'm going to recommend the 1985 uh 1985 god how would i it's it's a gongsi horror film from china called mr vampire okay it so it's basically a a horror comedy kung fu flick about About mr vampire about mr vampire but it's chinese vampires so it's those hopping vampires like the jade court (laughs) yeah because their hands are bound and stuff yeah uh (laughs) and it's it's actually it. like really crazily like Chinese folky and they're doing all sorts of like spells and shit all over the place mixed in with like uh, really funny Kung Fu, like Jackie Chan style shit. Not as well choreographed as that, but the same sort of physical comedy. Fantastic. Excellent. Nice. 
It's uh, also, uh, it's not a recommendation that I expect people to easily just like go out and drop what they're doing and check out right now, though. Because I will say it's not streaming on anything. So it's hard you to get You can't rent on. it on Amazon. You can't <laughs> rent it on iTunes. And I'm pretty right. sure that like the DVD is out of print. So if you want to pick up a copy, it's like 45 oh, bucks. Oh, so for you're a making DVD. this real fucking easy yeah. for people is what you're saying here. <laughs> what I'm saying is if you ever have a chance to watch it, Definitely say take yes. It up. Okay. Um, I am going to go with Fair Lady from Image Comics. And I do not remember the creators off the top of my head. I just started reading this. It is thematically similar to Dresden Files, in, although instead of a let's put wizards in a detective novel, it's let's put detectives in a fantasy comic book. Uh, the Fair cool. Lady is the there is a position called the Fair Man, which is pretty much, you know, Dresden's job, but in a like actual fantasy world. There's a cat person and everything. Uh, swords and sorcery. Brad. And this, the main character is the only fair lady. So the only woman doing this job. And every issue so far has just been a like standalone short detective story in a fantasy universe. So like, oh, this barbarian got murdered. Did he fake his death? Or like, this person got killed by a dragon, but there's no evidence of a dragon. Let's find out what really happened. It's fun. I'm not very far into it yet, cool. but I really enjoyed it. And um, fantasy comics have been getting a bit of a renaissance lately, ever since Game of Thrones proved that people like fantasy, mm. <laughs> like high fantasy. So when I find good ones, I'm trying to be like, no, people check these out. Yeah. Fucking this. For years, all we had was like old Conan reprints, and those are amazing. But there's more. Dickie, cool. do you have anything you want to recommend on yourself? Or we forgot to mention uh, this part to you. So. Would no, you didn't. Would you, would you mind me recommending a couple things? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Okay. Uh, firstly, let's see. Uh, we're going to go with the comic book medium. Uh, the hosts of the Geek History Lesson podcast, which is dear to my heart, they are releasing their second volume of Jupiter Jet, who is their original character and story that they wrote for. Um, they're releasing their second volume at the end of this month. It's called Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. Uh, I, I have one pre-ordered and ready for me at my local comic shop. That very so excited good. to read that. that. name is so good. It is. It's very good. Uh, it's about a young woman, teenage girl, who be, gets a jetpack and wants to be a superhero. That's uh, awesome. I mean, good stuff. Highly recommend it. Comes out at the end of this month. I want to say November 20th. I could be wrong. Uh, and then if you like you know, this Dresden Files stuff, but you kind of prefer the high fantasy aspect and want to see more swords and all that. Um, Brandon Sanderson is having Rhythm of War, his fourth book in the Stormlight Archive. That is going to be his 10-book uh, epic fantasy series. And that comes out November 17th. Uh, the first three books are incredible, and they're only getting better. Uh, Forged Foam is actually has the license to make uh, replicas of items from them. From the book series. Oh, that's Brandon cool. Sanderson actually, yeah, Brandon Sanderson shouted them out on Twitter and crashed their website two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Forged Foam because is a group that makes uh, foam and LARP weapons, like what we use for yes. wacky bats. Yes. So they're really great. If you've ever seen role models, they did about half of the gear for that movie. Hmm. Yeah. Do I have anything else? Demon Souls is a release title for PlayStation <laughs> 5. And you should be excited about that, apparently. <laughs> Get that. <laughs> Let's just start that dark, or that decade of Dark Souls all over again Let's in 2020 instead of 2009. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's those are my three things. Oh, yeah. Well, Dickie, thank you so much for joining us again here. Well, yeah. 
thank you. Thank you for letting me record remotely. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, this is the year where we don't fight anyone who wants to record remotely. That's the smart <laughs> move. Like, yeah, I mean, come vaccine time, though, we're going to fight you. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to come in here and hang out with us. We play no, Wacky Batch. I'm, I'm we will actually fight. Like, I, the, 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 we're not kidding when <laughs> yeah. I say that line. Um, uh, Yo, I got some new stuff from Hakan that I'm going to throw down with, so, so let's, let's go. That's, that's, a, that's a conversation from we're not recording. Um, <laughs> next week, we will be back with couple of firsts next week's will be roughly our one year anniversary of doing this show uh my wife cc hey, congratulations will, oh, thank you so much thank you. uh my wife cc will be on for the first time we've been trying to get her on forever and we'll be doing our first two-parter episode with uh good omens first week we will be covering the book and second week we will be covering the show I'm so ah, looking forward to I'm it. I'm so excited. Was that Neil Gaiman and the late Terry Pratchett? Right? Yes. And also, Very good. three novels in two weeks is too much for me to like, I am never planning out episodes <laughs> this way again. I have learned. <laughs> it's a good learning experience. It's a good one. It is. Uh, in order to listen to us do that next week and talk about Good Omens and, you know, maybe it'll be some Good Omens for things to come because, God, God, we all need that right now. Uh <laughs> Uh, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that'd be super helpful because the whole world is ran on algorithms and we want to be up in them and get people listening to our crap. Uh, also, if you could just like tell people. Yeah, that we helps. appreciate that. We're down with that. To go along with that, you can always go check out our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, contact us through the website. Uh, or by emailing us, generalnerdrypod at gmail.com. While you're at the website, if you click the links up at the top, we are part of the Irvern Podcast Network. Uh, go check out the other shows on the network. Listen to me talk about horror movies or uh, horror kung fu comedy vampire movies <laughs> over on Fried Streams. Uh, Zach? You can listen to me and my buddy Malark talk about war and war gaming and war treatises over on The Art of War Gaming. And more shows to come and more info about those shows to come very soon. Very soon. Uh, so be sure to keep coming back to find out what's all going to be going on. Also, find us across all the social medias. Search for General Nerdy and we'll be what pops up. Sometimes we do things on there. Sometimes. Sometimes I get right, updates. I, I follow you on Twitter. Oh, excellent. Uh, yes. In the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Dickie. Hey. Dismissed. Dismissed.